good Tuesday, Spotify people. Um, thank you, by the way, to the estimated four listeners we have on this podcast, according to Anchor. Um, I thank you for not listening to better better podcasts. Thank you for listening to me ramble in the microphone for a little bit. Uh, yeah. So today we're going to read some RPG horror stories because. It's either, for me, you know, read RPG horror stories and upload to a podcast that I haven't uploaded to in six months? Has it been six months? Or I could study for my exam that I have on Thursday. Some upper-level math stuff. But that sounds pretty boring. So I'm going to be reading RPG horror stories. This one is posted by user Luis Ove. And it's, that guy is a brony. Without further ado, let's uh, hop into the story. I posted this story a couple of years ago, but I thought y'all might enjoy it. So about 10 or so years ago, I ran a 3.5 game for a small group of my friends, one of whom was a hardcore brony. Day one, he insists on playing a sentient pony in a homebrew setting that I had designed, which was heavily inspired by the Crusades, <laughs> rampant racism, xenophobia, and classism, wrapped up in a theocracy where the worshippers of one god were trying to exterminate all the non-believers. We didn't have a lot of people willing to make time to play, so I begrudgingly allowed him to do him to do it. I explained to him that he must have been polymorphed. It was, it was kind of a lower magic setting. He told me he came from space. I told him that he was, uh, that if that was what he believed, that was fine, so long as he understood that that was not the reality of the matter. I explained to him that he would have a lot of difficulty in this setting, as not a lot of people had ever seen magic beyond the local priest's orisons, and he would have difficulties the other players wouldn't. He insisted he didn't care and would make it work. That's fine if he's dedicated to making it happen, Maybe it would turn out alright. Ha. Childhood naivete. So right off the bat. Look. If you want to run a crusade style. Horrible racist. Nasty campaign. Like a bunch of blood. A little bit of uh, ethnic cleansing. And the dude wants to play a pony. For all of this. Just haven't read the rest of the story yet. But that's hilarious. I think that there's. There's two kinds of D&D campaigns. There's ones where uh, people take it very seriously. You have a straight-out adventure. You tell some of the best stories that you've ever told. And then you have campaigns that devolve into Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And I understand that if probably what I'm getting at is this guy wants to run. OP wants to run like a more serious campaign. But I'm just going to say <laughs> the... the uh, Pony in the uh, in the Crusades. That's that's hilarious. I would. I'm totally a fan. It's going to devolve, and like I'm sure that there's going to be some really creepy, weird, pervy stuff that's going to happen with this pony, and that's going to be uncomfortable to read at best. But just the first paragraph, I'm I'm hooked. He immediately began to ignore all the conditions and rules I had set out for him. He was a normal pony, but decided he could use a sword and speak common. Looking back, the sword is maybe the most confusing part to me. Like, I think he rolled up a swashbuckler as a pony. I'm pretty sure the ponies from the fandom are like spellcasters or something. Anyway, I again begrudgingly conceded on the condition that he had an amulet which made him look human. Now this is just a glamour, not shape-shifting. Hold on. 
Oh, he decided that this meant that he could do normal human things with no consequences. He was wrong. I had explicitly told him that this would involve having role-playing consequences. After an argument with him over every single interaction for two sessions, I gave up and gave him an ultimatum that he could change his race or stop playing with us. He conceded and agreed to get polymorphed into a gnome. Once again, I figured everything would be fine now and prepared for next session. Ha. A couple sessions later, he decided that he didn't like the character now and wanted to roll a new one. Great. I don't like that character either. What could be worse than his last catastrophe? Well, he rolled up, drumroll, a mute druid. Mute was probably the most annoying character fly I've ever dealt with and will never allow it again. Not only a mute druid, but a mute druid who has always who was always looking for dragons. Dragons, mind you, were not an enemy that they had ever fought and were neither a part of the world of the, I was building nor the story we were telling. And he didn't look for them particularly well either. He didn't venture along the mountains looking for their lairs or scrying or asking various people if they had seen dragons on account of being mutant and all, or even researching where dragons had been. No, he sort of just casually kept his eyes open, you know, like he'd see one walking around the city that 80% of this campaign was taking place in. Had the rest of the group shown any interest in this, I probably could have worked it in, but they adamantly opposed this distraction, so I didn't. Heck, if he had given me anything I could have worked with, a backstory, a personal storyline, something, anything, I could have worked it in, but nope, just kept not communicating with the party and whining. Eventually, we were approaching the end of the school year and the end of the game. He informed me that between extracurriculars and schoolwork, he just couldn't make time to play. I told him with as much sorrow as I could muster that we were sorry he wouldn't be around for the end of the game, and good luck on his finals. He then, finally, told me his character's backstory that he had been keeping secret from everyone. The whole reason he was looking for dragons was that a dragon had cursed him, made him mute, and transformed him into a halfling, choosing specifically to annoy another one of my players who hated halflings, meeting another dragon who would allow him to regain his speech and restore to his original state a gosh-darn-pony-dragon hybrid. As all this had been kept secret, none of this had been run past me even in the slightest. Presumably, he thought I would not allow him to find a dragon if he knew why he was looking for one. He just he had planned on just, a propos of nothing, dropping a pony-dragon hybrid into the fairly serious game the rest of us were playing about the Crusades. In the end, I told everyone else what he had been planning on doing, and they disagreed that we would kill off the character and finish the game without him. As a postscript, he went on to haze someone out of the military school, and the rest lost touch with him. Okay, um... A lot to unpack here. Clearly, uh, OP said that this was a more serious campaign. And I can definitely understand why, as a DM myself, in a more serious campaign, there are some things you have to put your foot down on. Like, you want a, a slightly silly character in a serious campaign. Yeah, I mean, comic, comic relief is something fun to have. You want to make your character like a literal Roomba, like a Warforged named Roomba who used to be an actual vacuum cleaner, that can be kind of derailing. And I understand, as a DM, not wanting that. That being said, it kind of feels like in this story, OP had a bigger problem with this guy than just, he's a brony trying to play in my game. It feels like he actually has beef with this dude besides that. And because, look, a pony swordsman, probably the most serious 
fantasy story I can think of. Uh, most kind of dark, gritty, would be, besides perhaps Game of Thrones, would be Dark Souls. That's a pretty, It's even though it's relatively high magic, it's it's pretty, it's fantasy, right? Like, this, this story, even though it's low magic, it's still fantasy, right? So, you're telling me that in a fantasy, a fantasy story, where there's magic, and, uh, all that sort of stuff. You can't have a pony grabbing a sword in its mouth. Like, that's too unrealistic. Look, I'm not arguing for the brony community. I never would. I think there's, you know, to each their own. But, like, there's definitely a problem with some people kind of forcing their interests on the rest of us. But as a DM, your job is to make sure that all your players have fun. You're not telling your story. You are setting in motion our story. And it just kind of seems like the the DM had no interest in whatever this guy was selling. Like, obviously, he wanted kind of a joke character. But if it's just aesthetic, I would honestly... It could come into some interesting RP it's something to work with it's not like this guy like was being creepy that that we saw at least or he was you know cheating or harassing other players no he just wanted to play as a pony annoying maybe but if he's having fun and not hurting anyone I probably would have let it slip you know that being said, he went on to haze someone out of military school. I was just kind of tacked on at the end. It it felt like OP maybe realized that there he was just kind of kind of complaining about this guy, and so he just had to tag. Oh yeah, by the way, this guy actually is an asshole. Here's proof why. It I can see why it's annoying, but I I think that this this horror story quote-unquote, is kind of overblown. Alright, well, anyway, let's move on to the next one. Alright, this next story is called The Time My Entire Party Turned On Me For Being A Half-Orc, posted by user MadmanRoby. When I was relatively new to D&D 5e, I found a game online via Roll20. The party was all spellcasters, wizards, sorcerers, warlocks, and the and the only fighter in the party was my barbarian, a classic half-orc outlander barbarian with a big axe. At session zero, it was pretty much decided that the game would focus on this group of mystics traveling in search of mystical relics for their research, while my guy was the rugged wilderness man who guided and protected them. It was a good setup until the first session. The spellcasters were all guilty of something I loathe in TTRPGs, be they Shadowrun, D&D, Cyberpunk, you name it. And that is character ego. These mystics were all going on about how they were smart, the best casters, and generally trying to be roguish playboys. Oh, excuse me, it's it's pretty late here in uh here in Texas. Uh, the second horrible part was how most of the party, the elves, of course, were racist towards orcs and half orcs. This led them to barely tolerating my character as their guide, which on its own didn't bug me since I picked half orc, and during racism and alienation was kind of written in the tin. 
Then, while we were on the road, moving our loot wagon, following a map, setting up our camps, and protecting ourselves from gnolls, bandits, goblins, and other fodder, the characters all decided to show off their high mental stats. This was actually hilarious, because RNG... RNGSS decided they couldn't follow a map, tell poisonous food from good food, spot hunting traps, fix a broken wagon wheel, or anything mental steps would help with. Meanwhile, my half-orc was almost single-handedly carrying the party through various survival and woods-related knowledge roles. This generally seemed to fit the motive we were going for, so GM and I didn't really notice the red flags. Ivan picked up a trail of disliking magic and vile sorcery, since... I even picked up a trait of disliking magic and vile sorcery since that seemed to fit the vibe I was picking up. If I basically turned into a bunch of San Francisco hipster kids trying to tell a Central Valley redneck how to farm farm or fix his truck. Pretty funny at first. But wait, there's more. Eventually, several sessions in, we ended up getting hunted by these homebrew monsters, and my character knew they were colorblind, so to bypass the overwhelming numbers of enemies unseen, I had to take off some of the party's bright green-blue robes, the colors they could see, which was highly uh, offensive to several of the party members, and even and one even responded aggressively, accusing me of being a superstitious greenskin and even trying to rob them by making up a story to justify me taking their expensive robes, which were commoners' clothes. At this point, their character attitudes were getting on my nerves, but it wasn't atrocious. But then he went on a rant about me being a barbarous, thieving, baby-eating, demon-worshipping, maiden-raping, marauding savage, and my barbarian finally just headbutt the sorcerer to the ground. This was an attack and didn't deal damage. It was just the thing the GM had us roll for, but it seemed the player was angered by this and he drew a dagger on me. He swung and missed. Then I tried telling him to sheathe his blade because the real monsters out there would get us if we were busy quarreling like children. I got a magic missile to the face for my trouble. Enraged, I brought my great axe down on the sorcerer and cleaved him in half in a single blow. No death save, the damage was enough to outright kill a first level sorcerer. Of course it was. The rest of the party immediately turned against me and began casting spells. Thankfully, I had a lot of health, make, uh, made most of my saving throws, and took relatively little damage, all while either outright killing or knocking down every caster in the party with a single blow from my great axe. Eventually, they did down me. However, being a half-orc, I was able to get back up with a single hit point. At that point, I managed to put down the last two party members. The GM, amazed by this, began laughing and said his laughter was actually that of the god Krom overseeing the battle. The game had nothing to do with Conan, but the GM knows I'm a huge Conan fan decided to do it for the lols. Angered in the Discord server, angered over roll, anger over Roll20 and I realized the party was furious. All but one of the casters left the voice and server. Meanwhile, the GM and I were kind of confused by the sudden rage. As I set up camp and looted the bodies, the last caster explained that the other members of the party were apparently annoyed with me for several sessions for showing them up with my dice rolls, not really caring about their characters' playboy attitudes, and that they were mad at the GM for not stepping in and giving them more to do outside of combat and mystical item examinations. I felt horrible hearing this since I didn't I don't want to inhibit anyone's fun, and the GM was the same, but nobody ever indicated that they were dissatisfied with the game as it was. Thankfully, there is a happy ending. The last player who stayed was one of the casters I down, downed but didn't outright kill, so I decided to retcon it that he accidentally hit me with the spell meant for the traitor's casters, and I just didn't realize it in my rage. He begged me for help while at zero hit points, and I decided to treat him 
treat him since once my rage ended. I realized he was uh, trying to take my side. We played a few more sessions afterwards where we roamed to a new kingdom, picked up more party members, new players, and things went well until the game ended. Edit for formatting and readability. Edit 2, while I was not su surprising this, uh, I was not expecting this to get popular at all. Thanks for all the comments and likes. To answer a few questions I'm seeing, we were still level 1 because we were using the milestone system. I hadn't thought much of the half-orc racism because I viewed orcs as lesser. Not because I viewed orcs as lesser, but because it, it literally said in the player handbook that people don't like half-orcs. I'm not going to play a Dragon Age RPG and act shocked when someone calls me a knife here. The same is true for half-orcs. That's just the setting. Maybe I should have, but I didn't really notice anyone being upset since their comments just seemed to be playing to trope of not trusting a half-orc, outlander, barbarian, and a few goobers with low AC and 4-6 to six hit points aren't that much of a hassle for a raging barbarian with a great axe. 1d4 plus 4 damage since strength was my highest stat. I figured that might be important since some folks were wondering how I managed to one-hit kill people at level 1. <coughs> Alright, let's unpack this one. Uh, yeah, there's a really big problem with D&D. I don't think this is even about being a half-orc. I think uh, the half-orc was just an excuse. There's a really big problem in D&D. Like he said, character ego. And what I notice it is, is people are very fond of their classes. Like, some people who only play wizards or will say that non-casting classes are pointless and they aren't fun and that no one should play them. I've even read stories about DMs who forbade some kind of classes at their table just because they didn't like them. Like, they forbade martial classes. And um, I'm going to be really honest. I have two favorite classes in D&D. One of them is Bard because I actually... My favorite bard character was actually based off of Dandelion from the Witcher book series. Um, I really love the bard class. Um, the second one is Barbarian. And it's mostly because I think that, A, it's really fun to, to do damage and see big numbers. Like, I'm, I wouldn't consider myself a power gamer, but objectively, like, I can see the appeal of it. Because it is fun to see really big numbers in combat. Um, but it's also just fun RP. It's fun RP. It's fun to be the outlander, the uh, stranger in a strange land. Um, mechanically, I like them both about the same. I like the uh, diversity of spellcasting um, with the bard class. Um, I That being said, I love the, the high defense of the barbarian class. And um, both of them are, I would, I would classify both of them actually as more support-ish classes because obviously as a barbarian, you know, if you want, if you want really high damage, you're going to go fighter because once you get to level 20, that's when you can uh, really, <laughs> really like four attacks at level 20 with a fighter. That's insane. No, but barbarian um, for me has always been, you take the hits so that your teammates don't need to take the hits. Bard has always been you help people roll higher and uh, you kind of you kind of take on whatever various monkey wrench roles you need to uh, within the group that might not be there. Um, yeah, 
So I, I would, would argue that both of them have their merits. And I think that they're possibly the two most pol- <coughs> not polarizing, uh, most uh, uh, different classes in D&D. That was horrible grammar. I hope you excuse me, but I, th- I hope you get what I mean. It's, uh, it's really difficult to branch out after maybe your first or second character. Because you get in kind of a, a groove of playing one way. And you kind of... A lot of people don't branch out. And they start seeing their own characters as better. Because maybe they played a different character who was also a, fu- a wizard several years ago. That was really cool. And so now this character, because he's also a wizard, it's going to be really cool. I typically don't don't like people who do that i don't like playing with people who who feel that way um and it's not just it's definitely not just the uh, the spellcasting classes i think it might be a little bit worse with spellcasting classes but i mean you'll have the these dude bros i, <laughs> I don't know if you can really call people who play D dude bros but you get like martial class dude bros who uh get really obsessed with their martial classes and start saying oh yeah i'm the leader of the group because i do the biggest damage numbers and it's like that's cool i'm i'm glad for you bud but we're we're a team they're typically i mean occasionally you'll have a leader in a group but it has nothing to do with your class it has nothing to do with the damage numbers you put out i hope your mom's proud of you for the big roles it's just a problem with TTRPGs in general. Uh, character ego, like he said. If you're one of those people who uh, who uh, have your class, every other class is lesser, people shouldn't even play other classes. If you believe that, my advice to you would be uh, uh, play a single player video game. That way you can talk about your uh, best build and people will listen. Or not. It doesn't matter because it's single player. You won't be hurting anyone else. Alright, let's go on to the next story. So, I just realized that I'm sitting a little bit too close to the microphone. I actually um, don't record this all in one take. I usually do it uh, story by story. So, I, I'm realizing that you can hear my sharp intakes because I uh, speak quickly and then I run out of breath. So, I'm going to move away from the microphone and see if it works any better. Is it working better? <laughs> that wasn't farther away from the microphone. I'm so silly. Anyway, let's look for another story to read, I guess. I'll just go with the next one. A mild one. Am I the asshole? A player accused me of railroading. Okay, this was posted by The Cobbler Impeached, which is a great username. Cobbler Impeached. I, uh, I'm a fan I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow him. Yeah, I'm going to follow him. I'll send him a chat, too. This is like... <laughs> I'm sorry, give me give me a second. I'll be right back. This is just the Cobbler Impeached, guys. It's such a good username. Oh, oh, man. Oh, I accidentally hit a resume recording. All right, well, anyway, I'm back. I sent that guy a message. He probably is going to, like, be really creeped out. Maybe he'll start listening to the podcast. Hey, maybe he's one of the four people who actually listen to the podcast. That would be dope. Like, wow. 
All right, well, anyway, uh, user the cobbler impeached. Um, this one is called a mild one. Am I the asshole? So this is a very tame compared to the other things you see on here, and I just want to know if I'm in the wrong. Background. I'm a fairly new DM with four players, two newbies, one player who has played other RPGs before but no Pathfinder, and one experienced player. The experienced player is the subject of today's story. We play on Roll20. This was the third session of a new campaign. In this session, the party discovered a map uh, in the dungeon of some kobolds that led them to a cave, which was hinted at to contain the remains of a long-dead dragon's horde. But it was guarded by humanoid dragon things known as keepers. I took inspiration from the draconians from Dragonlance and their mounts, a pair of drakes. The party, which at this point was level 2, almost 3, I thought this fight, which was a boss fight, there were lots of foreshadowing before, uh, through the map, through both the map and some dead animals the party found, was going to be difficult. It was not. When the party entered, they noticed two things, the skeleton of an ancient dragon and a pit none of them could see the bottom of. Two of the characters here, including our subject, had dark vision. They both made sure to remind me of this fact. Here was the first accusation of railroading. When I described a drake swooping out of the darkness above the cavern floor, one player remarked, I have dark vision. How did I not see that? Excuse me. I explained that the cavern ceiling was more than 60 feet high, which was the range of the dark vision. He, his response was, a bit railroady, but okay. Wait, was this the new player? Or is this, uh... He doesn't say if this was, like, the veteran player or the new player. Uh, the party, at this point was spread out around the cavern, the drake had chosen to attack the most isolated member who was standing near the pit. The drake managed to pick up the character and fling them into the pit, but the character managed to grab onto a rock at the last minute. The experienced player proceeded to move up to the drake and destroy it in one turn, flinging the keeper, who was on the drake's black back, off. Next round, it is revealed that the second keeper and drake are on a ledge somewhere, firing arrows down at the party. The experienced player has... Uh, wrecks the keeper in one turn as well. By this point, I was a little worried. We still have a few tricks up my sleeve. In the third round, the second drake jumped down from a shattery place to do battle. The experienced player almost managed to one-shot the thing, but he couldn't quite make it. That was when the party heard strange chittering from the ledge. The keeper was casting a spell. The party couldn't immediately see the effects, so the f so the f went <laughs> so they went on fighting. Guys. Oh, man. Not a sponsor. Uh, get Grammarly. Uh, they're not a sponsor, um, because I only have four listeners. But, dude, it would make... it would For people reading Reddit posts, it would make your life so much more easier. Anyway, here, the second accusation of railroading. The Drake managed to grab the experienced player's characters in its jaws and almost succeeded in flinging him into the mysterious pit. Since I do all my rolls in the open, the players could see that the roll had a, that the Drake had nat twenty to grab, with a plus twelve bonus. The real explanation was this: uh, for this was a homebrew spell-like ability the keeper had, one of many, but the only one it got to use. The spell gave the Drake plus four to CMB and CMD, and plus two to AC. Uh, experienced player, how does the Drake have plus twelve to grab? That shouldn't be possible. Me, remember a few rounds ago when the Keeper cast a spell? Experienced players. There are no first level spells that are anywhere close to that power level. This is railroading. Me, this isn't a first level spell. Why would you assume that? 
an experienced player. Because we only have access to first level spells, so the enemy should too. Me. Why would that be true? Bosses are supposed to individually be more powerful than a party member. Experienced player. Okay, I guess. This is still railroading. After this, the session went along smoothly. The party, mostly the experienced player, wrecked the drakes and one keeper, the other one escaping. I don't think what I did was railroading or even anything out of the ordinary. But I could be wrong. Reddit. Deliver your verdict. Am I the asshole? Well, the cobbler impeached my new friend. Um, no, you are not. The, there is something that I've noticed a lot. Um, I typically don't have the problem in my games because I play with friends. But there is such a thing as player railroading. Where instead of the DM railroading the story, a player will complain and whine enough about certain aspects of the story to... Uh, to push it in one direction. Now, I said earlier, and I'm not contradicting myself, but I said earlier that it's the DM's job a little bit to cater to the players. That's not the same as letting the players call all the shots. Um, this seems to me like a player wanted the game to go in a very specific direction, that or they wanted a very specific thing to happen, and it didn't happen for them. And that's why D&D is called a game and not a movie or a book. Um, if he rolled out in the open, no. I think this player is just whining. Um, honestly. Um, look, I, if it continues, if this continues, I would kick the player. Because as a DM, you have to realize that he wants to play his own game. He doesn't want to play your game. It's uh, unfortunate, but that's just the way it is. Don't put up with players crapping on you. Because, I mean, it, because it's just mean. There's no, there's no purpose for it. Like, if he had come up to the DM and said, Hey, I think this was kind of railroady after the session... That would be different, and I think that maybe he would have had some other reason. But, I mean, just, just oh, you got grabbed by the by the Drake, by this boss. You, you think it's railroading because you're not winning immediately. No, it's, um, it's unfortunate. Anyway, it's now uh, far past my bedtime. I should have been... I actually should have been, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, studying this whole time. So I might cram a little bit. Got a test coming up, but hey, we'll see. Anyway, uh, thank you to the four people listening. Hopefully after uh, uh, Cobbler Impeached gets back to me, it'll be five. Well, anyway, I'll leave a link in the video description. Or do, I, do they even have? It's been so long since I posted. Are there even podcast descriptions? Well, if there are... I'll leave links in the descriptions to the uh, the stories. Uh, thank you for listening. Have a great week. And I will be back within the next nine months.